0: Hello and welcome to Behind the Headlines for the week ending May 29th, 2020. I'm Michael Kern from the Ottawa Business Journal. Behind the Headlines is a new podcast from Ottawa Business Journal to explore the top stories of the week. And these stories are mostly determined by you, OBJ readers, based on the popularity of the week's uh, news coverage. In this podcast today, we look at residential uh, housing trends. We'll look at how local accounting firms are evolving and finally, we'll take a quick peek be- behind the redevelopment of a long-standing shopping mall. So let's go behind the headlines right now. Please welcome Peter Cavessi uh, and David Sally, two of OBJ's editors. Welcome, guys. Uh, so I- let's dig into uh, story number one. And, uh, Peter, we're going to start with you. Um, housing uh, has been a major story, uh, more specifically the valuation of housing, and the potential impact in this uh, pandemic economy. Uh, There was a report this week, Peter, that gave uh, maybe a little peace of mind to local homeowners. Tell us about that.
1: Among the many questions that we've all had since the pandemic took hold is how will it impact uh, both the local housing market as well as housing markets across the uh, the, the country? So we had uh, one, uh, BC, it was a BC-based consultancy, the Real Estate Investment Network. Of course, there's all sorts of different factors you could use to, uh, to analyze it. They took a specific look at jobs, GDP, and population across five major uh, Canadian markets. They concluded that actually Ottawa is going to be the only major market of those five that's going to avoid a a housing slump in uh, in twenty twenty. Um, of course, the big 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 factor is the, the stability that the federal government does give our local economy, both in terms of uh, of jobs and uh, and continued uh, economic output. Um, they made a comment to say that actually Ottawa is in the uh, beginning to middle of a housing boom. Um, I took uh, <laughs> raise a bit of an eyebrow on it. Certainly, it feels like it's been uh, quite a few years that uh, Ottawa's residential real estate market has shown uh, incredible strength, both in terms of, uh, of housing starts and uh, resells and uh, overall housing prices. So that definitely uh, seems to be giving Ottawa a bit of a buffer uh, combined with uh, the stability of the federal government.
0: Uh, listen, Dave, um, you had an opportunity to, talk, to speak with one of the uh, major uh, housing uh, developers in, in Ottawa, Claridge, uh, a company that's very well known to uh, to our viewers throughout the city. Uh, you spoke to its leader, Neil Mahotra. What did he have to say this week?
2: Uh, well, yeah, as you say, Mike, I, I talked to Neil Mahotra. Uh, he's the vice president of Claridge Homes. I spoke to him earlier this week. And... Um, And yeah, much like the BC report, uh, he feels pretty bullish on the housing market and, well, he should. Claridge has a number of multi-unit developments um, already underway right now and plans a lot more. Uh, It just recently unveiled plans for a a new two-building project on the site of the former Webb's Hotel. Uh, That's at 1705 Carling, just east of the Carlingwood shopping centre. Uh, Claridge wants to build a nine-story uh, retirement residence and a 21-story rental apartment there. And um, uh, Claridge also has a number of other, uh, other other multi-unit proposals on the go. Another one on Carling Avenue, um, not far from Carlingwood. And uh, of course, it's got Ottawa's marquee condo project. That's the 45-story icon tower that everybody can now see rising at the corner of Carling and Preston. Um, Mahotra says the ICON should be done by early next spring. Construction was delayed a bit due to the pandemic, but he says units in the 250-suite high-rise are selling quite well despite the downturn right now. And, um, and yeah, he says he's pretty bullish on uh, things overall. Uh, Claridge, of course, has, also has East Flats. Uh, that's the five high-rise plan at Labreton Flats they've got in their pipeline. And he says he's gonna unveil several other developments in the near future. He says Ottawa is reasonably insulated from, from any economic downturns because of course it's a um, uh, heavy employment uh, uh, federal government and tech employment base.
0: Um, great point on the icon, Dave. Every time I drive down the highway I'm always looking to it, obviously keeping an eye on the road too, but it's fascinating to see that uh, that tower Uh, rise higher and higher and and get uh, get finished we're going to move to our uh, second story now and go back to you Peter Um, MNP is one of the big uh, accounting names in Ottawa in fact a a Canadian headquartered uh, accounting firm and uh, they made uh, an acquisition so tell us about that uh, Peter
1: So MMP acquired a Toronto firm, T4G. This is a uh, company that uses artificial intelligence to analyze sales data, inventory levels, and other uh, business indicators with uh, offices uh, coast to coast. What's really interesting is that uh, MMP, as you mentioned, is a national firm, but uh, this Toronto-based company is actually going to be absorbed into MMP's Ottawa-based digital solutions practice. What's really fascinating about uh, this narrative is just sort of the uh, the evolution within the sector of, um, you, you mentioned, of course, that MMP does have its roots uh, in accounting, but uh, both MMP as well as a broader sector is really um, evolving. And uh, you know, we've been seeing that for uh, for a while here uh, in Ottawa. It was a few years ago that MMP merged with Canada-based uh, uh, 100 Answers, which was a, a professional service firm providing um, again digital and technology uh, services. So uh, it's a it's a really fascinating trend just to watch how this sector is uh, evolving.
0: And that's a good segue, Dave. You um, you wrote a piece this uh, week uh, on the acquisition and took a little bit of a a broader focus and talked to companies like Welch to see you know what is going on behind the scenes in the sector, why this interest in uh, data and analytics. So give us a sense of a bit of an analysis of that, Dave.
2: Yeah, well, uh, exactly, Mike. Uh, as Peter mentioned, uh, this is part of a growing trend um, that uh, professional services. Uh, Firms are moving into uh, into new sort of uh, uh, sort of service lines, if you will, uh, with big data analytics being a key one. Um, For instance, um, I I spoke to Sean Murphy at MNP, and I also spoke to Michael uh, um, Michael Birch, uh, the managing partner at Welch. And you know, they both mentioned how um, how clients today really want to dig deeper into the numbers and and find out the story behind behind just more than just the um you know uh, basic sales figures they want to know how their sales numbers how their cost of sales for example stack up against competitors and so so today um you know it's really all about mining that data to, to get every advantage you possibly can especially coming out of the pandemic when 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 every single company is going to be looking for every edge they can find, every, um, every avenue they can find to save costs. Well, uh, big data can really play a big part in that. And Welch is partnering with another local tech firm, MindBridge AI, which makes software uh, that uses machine learning technology to detect fraud and flag other questionable accounting practices in a company's books. And Birch says um, he sees a day soon when that sort of technology will be used to, to do a lot of other things too. It'll be able to help clients um, sort of, um, sort of, you know, rate themselves against competitors and how they stack up uh, in in, uh, in in how efficient they are at doing business uh, using a whole range of metrics. and uh, And he says more and more clients are asking about these services now, and they're becoming a much bigger part of every professional services firm's toolkit. and uh, And it's only going to become even more important in the years to come.
0: Yeah, I agree. A part of a bigger trend uh, in discussions I've had with uh, EY, they're getting into human resources. Deloitte's getting into technology. So the professional service firms are certainly looking to uh, broaden their offerings to uh, to get deeper into helping their clients. Listen, the third story and the last one for today is uh, the redevelopment of an old school, bit of an old school mall on Merivale. Merivale is one of the you know the main shopping drags in uh, in Ottawa. And uh, Dave, there is a, a redevelopment proposal for the Maryvale Mall. Tell us about uh, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, that's right, Mike. Um, uh, the owners of the Maryvale Mall uh, announced this week that they are uh, actually um, looking at doing uh, quite a significant redevelopment potentially of the mall at uh, 1642 Maryvale. Uh, people are very familiar with it. Uh, it's it's got a Farm Boy, Sport Check, uh, Shoppers Drug Mart it's um it's sort of uh it's you know in that part of the city it is certainly a major retail plaza and first capital realty uh which owns the mayor mall says they want to build uh two at least two new residential buildings uh beside the mall uh one a 12-story mixed-use building and the other a seven-story residential building and this is going to be a multi-phased approach so um see so first capital is saying that they're actually looking at a whole bunch of potential different uh, development opportunities at the site. And in fact, they included in the development application a um, kind of interesting, a hand drawn sketch of one potential scenario, which, which shows the existing mall being replaced by a much smaller retail component. Uh, and then about half a dozen other mixed use buildings added to the site. Now, I talked to uh, Luke Fortan, he's, he's First Capital's Vice President of Development for Eastern Canada. And he said, "That's just that's just one possibility. That's a that that's a very preliminary sort of outline of what could potentially happen there down the road." He said, "For now, the company is just focused on the mall and on building the two uh, the, uh, the 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 twelve and the seven-story buildings beside the mall uh, for the moment." But certainly, he's not ruling out um, you know a a major rethink of the mall down the road. And this is all part of a of a trend that we've been seeing, uh, in shopping centers, uh, across the country, um, you, you know, uh, and we're going to be seeing more of in the years to come.
0: Yeah. And, and Peter, um, just like the MNP story a minute ago, this Merivale mall redevelopment is part, as Dave just mentioned of a bigger story and a bigger trend. So, uh, let's take the broader perspective. Give us your sense of that.
1: So many of uh, the community malls here in Ottawa and across the country have been under pressure for years. Uh, They've been struggling to attract uh, significant volumes of foot traffic, as well as uh, the premium retailers, the premium tenants that would uh, attract more of those shoppers. So a lot of the institutional owners behind uh, these uh, these retail properties are looking at redevelopment opportunities, primarily intensification. So, you know, Generally, these malls have large parking lots, which uh, present lots of opportunities for uh, high-rise towers. Uh, if you just look across the city, there's plans underway in Lincoln Fields, Westgate, Elmville Acres Shopping Center to build residential towers um, on these uh, existing properties. Uh, one of the uh, here in Ottawa, anyway, one of the first um, examples of the project is in the uh, the East End around the uh, the Blair uh, now the LRT station, where um, we had uh, a residential rental uh, building uh, go up at Gloucester Center by indications that's been a huge success. Uh, I know uh, once uh, it was completed they had um, occupancy rates I believe it was in the high 90s and they very quickly moved on to uh, constructing a, a second tower. last time I uh, went by there it uh, looked like uh, construction was uh, was pretty well uh, under, underway uh, in in earnest so definitely this is uh, a trend that's going to really dramatically uh, reshape uh, um, a lot of notable central Ottawa properties.
0: Yeah, I drove by that uh, Gloucester Centre uh, yesterday. It's about 10 storeys. I keep counting to see if, in fact, there's active activity uh, on it. But, yeah, I love love those points. Uh, people are looking for more density, you know, on the property they own. And then, of course, uh, that's part of a larger diversification strategy around revenue. And you would think with the pandemic, uh, we might see a continued push to e-commerce. So those secondary malls do need to get uh, uh, re, there, there needs to be some rethinking like a lot of parts of the economy these days. So listen uh, to Peter and Dave, thank you very much for filling us in and three of the top uh, stories of the week and, and digging in uh, to go behind the headlines. Um, I want to encourage uh, everyone watching and listening to continue to visit OBJ.ca. Throughout the week, we're updating stories uh, many times uh, during the day. You can subscribe to OBJ Today email newsletter, follow us on social media. And you can watch this on YouTube if you do. Uh, Hit that uh, subscribe button and the bell to get notified of new video files. And also just a reminder, uh, this podcast is now available on audio platforms uh, like Stitcher, like uh, Spotify, and like SoundCloud. So for Peter Cavessi and David Sally, I'm Michael Curran signing off from Ottawa Business Journal. Keep on watching.